All right. Well, hello. Welcome to our first ever Besties podcast. Besties and Balls. <laughs> first ever Besties and Balls podcast. You know it. So we have uh, many things sports, but most specifically uh, soccer and local Kings basketball. As we are located in the Sacramento area, um, two of us are, and then our our third partner is uh, is in Southern California, but hails from the Sacramento region. Yes, we've all spent time in the Sacramento Kingdom and are fans of what's going on in this area. Yeah, and I think uh, we we share. Uh, a lot of history together, having uh, all played soccer together in high school, having uh, gone to the same college, and having lived together um, in the same house uh, during our senior year of college. So uh, we've uh, we've always been uh, talking sports, um, but most league and World Cup soccer. Um, yeah. Yeah, you could say, Ben, that we're cut from the same sports cloth. That's that's a very good analogy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, where do we want to start today? Do we, should we start by addressing what's happening in U.S. men's soccer? Uh, yeah, I think that's a good place to start. Uh, it was, what, month, month and a half ago that they, uh, they went into the final leg of the Hex, and they played oh. uh, Trinidad and Tobago. Nightmares. Yeah. Just I was pretty, reliving I was nightmares. Crushed. Um I I think uh watching the World Cup is one of my favorite things to do every you know, it only comes around every four years, so it's like it you know, all this energy piles up, this excitement. Uh I stay up into the wee hours of the night to watch the mm-hmm. best men's national team and I think the the reality of, of them not being there is uh is hitting me. Yeah, and some people have said that this isn't the lowest of the lows in U.S. men's soccer, but in my lifetime, this is the lowest. I have not experienced a lower low than this year in World Cup qualifying. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think that there were were such high hopes this year, um, just having having watched the World Cup the last, you know, as far as I can remember, um, just – just seeing the the talent and the youth, I think there was an and not only the talent and the youth, but just the general uh, uptick in fan support. Uh, just totally, keeps, uh, the stadiums pretty much packed out every time I, I would watch a game. And thinking, wow, this is this next World Cup is going to be really exciting. And the fact that it 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 isn't a reality, I think, is a, is an even bigger blow than than. So, do you think? little question to pose to you the momentum that as you were mentioning that was building for u.s men's soccer is that at all at risk with not qualifying for the world cup or is any of that going to dissipate in the near future or are u.s fans still on board with the rebuild and with the changes that have to come and more time are they still going to be around yeah i i I think i don't think uh that there's going to be any um any lack of of fan support 
I'm just thinking of myself specifically, you know, I, you know, to kind of play on an example of like local sports, you know, I, I always like watching, watching the, the, the Kings and the San Francisco Giants and the 49ers. And if they're doing, if they're playing really well, I like watching them. If they're not playing well, I, I don't like really keeping pressing in a way. But for the U.S. Is, yeah. for the U.S. for for soccer, when it comes to the U.S. men's national team, I, even when they're 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 bad, I, I always like tuning in and watching. It, it my my support for them doesn't waver, you know, as long as they're playing in some something significant. Like I I don't know if I'll watch their upcoming game uh, against Portugal. I don't necessarily see the point in watching that other than maybe looking for youth talent. But I think in general, I don't, I don't think it's going to deflate the the fan base. Yeah, I I, I have to agree. I think there's, I don't think it's going to deplete the fan base, but I think it is going to have a major effect. And even what you just said and fan viewership and uh, which in turn does say something about how the support for us men's soccer plays out. And so I think there is a bit of concern and I think that's what's going on in the hierarchy of U.S. men's soccer with trying mm-hmm. to figure out the coach and the president of making sure that while at heart, some of these fans are going to stick around. Most of them will. Um, what's going to, you know, how do we get them to stay involved? Mm-hmm. You know, not just uh, years down the road when the world cup back, comes back around, but how do we keep them involved now? And I think that's a challenge. It's a major challenge for whoever's up next for president and head coach. Yeah. Yeah, and even even uh, even though uh, it it isn't like a, a a significant you know tournament or whatever, but I think uh, when the next uh, centenario mm. comes around, you know, in twenty twenty, um, I think that the U.S. needs to take that tournament really seriously and like come out like like come out to win that thing, and uh-huh. I think I think that. If they come out serious and that the U.S., um, you know, whoever the next president is comes out and they, they put on a good showing, I think that's going to do a lot for, for U.S. men's soccer. Okay. Question about who would you prefer to see as the president of the U.S. Uh, soccer organization? Uh, ideally, who do you want in that position? Um, so, you know, looking at the list, it looks like there's uh, – a handful of former players um right which right. which i think i think could be a, a smart move i mean uh whoever the the sunil galati's second hand man what's his name uh carlos corderia corderia yeah, corderia corderia see i'm a little concerned that he's too much in the bureaucracy i think he's too maybe he's been too much wrapped it wrapped in to the uh you know the the money all all that that goes along with men's the us men's soccer that maybe we need like an outsider with a fresh perspective Saying that i i do realize that maybe an outsider isn't going to have the the necessary experience perhaps but um but I think we do need a, a, a fresh wave of change. I, I do. I don't know, you know, much about him. But uh, Kyle Martino, I always appreciate. Uh, I think he his his commentation on on Premier League games. I think he's one of the the best uh, U.S. commentators on soccer. 
um, in the business. I, I think he stands above Taylor Twelman, um, mm-hmm. just in his analysis and his uh, professionalism. Um, so I, I'd be uh, interested to, to see to see what he would bring to the table. I don't yep. know enough about the other uh, the other two former players or two or three former players to kind of make a judgment, um, but uh, perhaps podcast with Brandon, we all have done a little bit more research. Yeah. What about you? I, uh, I agree. I think that, well, I agree that something new, I think sometimes change for the sake of change is necessary. And I think that everyone has uh, as great as a job. I don't want to say anything um, completely negative about Galati. And I think he's, he's done some great things, but I think it's time for someone new. I think that, no matter who it's going to, besides his heir apparent, uh, there's a level of inexperience and that's can be a little bit scary and nerve wracking to put someone in there who has so much to accomplish, so much expectation upon their shoulders and just kind of giving them everything would be a bit, could be rough. I do think that we've seen this in other sports, right? This, uh, Kyle Martino, this idea of a, a commentator going to position of leadership. We saw that with the 49. We've seen that with some other John Lynch becoming general manager. And so this younger generation, this, you know, he's an idealist in the sense of he's never been in that position, but he's got a lot of great thoughts. And if those can translate to action, I think that'd be great. I just, we just don't know. Um, Mm -hmm. But I am more inclined to someone younger, someone who's been involved in U.S. men's soccer as a at some level. So if that's a player or a coach, uh, I, I do lean that way. Yeah, I think yeah, definitely. You know, somebody who's got skin in the game, somebody who is passionate and wants to see it improve, and and um, isn't just in it for the the money or the the bottom line or while those things are, I'm sure I'm sure important because. You have to, you know, you have to make make a profit. But somebody who um, has the uh, charisma, Jurgen Klopp, but uh, somebody who also has the uh, the business mindset, um, you know, who can exactly. kind of balance those two things: the the passion and uh, and the the wisdom. Now, if we could throw anyone's name out there uh, to all of our balls and and beans listeners you may not know that ben's father has actually had many years in coaching and i think we should see thad kopeck run for president he's got oh yeah 300 over 300 wins in uh professional high school soccer and uh professional high school soccer professional high school competitive soccer and i think that he he brings a level-headedness and uh, certainly an idealism of how soccer should be run. And so I think I'd like to see his name thrown in the hat. That's yeah. Opec. I think, I, I think I've seen his names uh, float around on the, the blogosphere. <laughs> <laughs> some, of those, uh, some of those way out there, like independent bloggers. They yeah, got, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so it just, you know, so, sometimes a guy can jump from one level of soccer to another, and it, this transition can be so smooth. And that, yeah. in my mind, I think – of anyone, Coach Thad Kopech could do that. And I think uh, just in the in the last year, we've seen you know an outsider come to become the uh, United States president. Why not 
why not an even further outsider become the men's national team president? Exactly. So I believe that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, moving on to something more local. Let's talk about the Sacramento Kings. Sacramento Kings. All right. Man, I'm excited about the Kings. And it's uh, it's a, a little bit of a challenge um, because you have to be patient, you know, because we're not going to see – we're not going to see like a 50 win team. Like right. I like, I like the direction that they're heading. I think they drafted incredibly well. I mean, we've already seen the evidence of that this year. Um, in Fox, Fox, Jackson, Jackson, right. Um, and even, uh, uh, Bogdanovich is, is, is kind of getting his feet wet a little bit, but I, I think he's got some potential there. And so I think the guys that they brought in and drafted, even Frank Mason, uh, you know, I think he'll get more playing time. Um, I, yeah, but I think it's just going to be, a, um, you know, it's going to be a couple, couple, couple more years, I think, until we see maybe some of the, the Kings, Kings of old. Kind yeah, of I think for era. so long, Kings fans have been reliving the past in the early 2000s when we were, you know, nationally recognized as an amazing team. And so this is, I think we have the groundwork and the foundation of a new era that is built to last. Um, mm-hmm. Like you said, I love Fox's energy. Jackson just seems like a level-headed, you know, he's just going to be, he's going to give you production every night. Uh, Colley Stein is improving on the defensive end. And mm-hmm. just one thing I love about Colley Stein is he is, he's got a great eye to pass. He is looking to give the ball up, um, and give the, get those assists out, and it's just when when we're clicking, we're doing that. The other thing is just finding consistency. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think one of the the stats that I heard about the other night, even though we won the game uh, against the Seventy Sixers, or maybe it was the oh no, it was a stat against the Thunder. You know, we we beat the Thunder, but there was like twenty six turnovers or something like. Yeah. That you know that needs Too many. to come down below ten. Exactly. But, you know, they're a young team. They're figuring it out. And uh, um, just, you know, I, I've heard it said that they're still not really set on who the starting five is. Yeah, that's one thing that we've definitely seen is a, almost every night there's a different lineup, um, different guys coming off the bench. Sometimes it's made up of the veterans that are starting, and then sometimes it's a pretty good blend. Um, and I think our coach is doing a good job of – taking the time this season to figure out what works. Yeah. Yeah. And overall, I think that the ownership has, has trust in, in Jorger to, to um, kind of develop this team. I haven't. Is it, is it Joger? Jor- I thought there's a, I think there's an R in there. Jorger. I think. Joger. <laughs> well, we should probably get that straight if we're going to be talking. We should, especially if we interview him soon. Yeah, we might, wanna, <laughs> we, we might wanna pronounce his name right. Yeah. Sorry, Coach. Sorry, we, we, how do you pronounce your name? <laughs> <laughs> but I do uh, think that the 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 ownership is starting to settle down. When when the owner Vivek Renadive came in, uh, he was a bit he's a bit crazy. He was just doing he was doing a little bit of everything, a little bit too much, I think. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, I tell you what, it has been a relief to not see his name in, in like the news of ESPN, you know, <laughs> every other week. Like, oh, what was he up to this time? 
just it's just so sad just to think like a couple of years ago we went through what three coaches in two years. It was started with Malone and then um and then what, then Malone was fired and then we had the interim coach and then we had brought in Carl and we fired Carl and you know, it's just it's nice to have a little bit of uh normalcy. It is it is nice. You know what? This is a uh, still about the Sacramento Kings, a little bit different. Uh normalcy has been around our Sacramento Kings for as long as I can remember, and that's to do with the with our commentators, Grant and Jerry. Oh yeah. They've been a consistent since day one. Is it time to think about moving on from Grant and Jerry? You know what? Actually, it, you bring up a good point because, I, in a way, when I was watching the highlights uh, the other day um, from the Sixers game, I was surprised to still hear Grant's voice. I think there was somebody else um, comment commentating with him. Um, you know, I, there's this struggle in me of, like, do you bring in somebody new, maybe younger? But also, you know, at the same time, I feel like we may need to like reward the faithfulness of these two guys to the Kings through the really mm-hmm. bad years. That is a struggle. That to, is a struggle to maybe allow them to have another couple years, maybe where they could playoffs again. And uh, you know, it. You know, it just I remember growing up hearing Grant say, "If you don't like this, you don't like Kings basketball." And and yeah. if it was really big, if you don't like this, you don't like NBA basketball. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> are we willing to give? Are we willing to give that up? And I'm know. trying to remember some of their other catchphrases. They're so I, exactly. I grew up with them. The mm-hmm. put it in the book and send them to the line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Turn on the sprinkler system because Bibby is on fire. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the only three I know. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> you make you make the point. It's. We're gonna have to, you know, we might not hear those again if, if, uh, if you know they leave. But it doesn't seem like there's any, um, you know, movement in the organization to to switch it up. But um, no, and I don't. I think you're right. That I think this is gonna stick around for a while. Um, I th- I do I do know that last season they were putting in Doug Christie, Sacramento, of old player from the Golden Generation, mm-hmm. and he would be uh, paired with. Grant sometimes, or no, Jerry, sorry. And uh, they they worked pretty well, but I think uh, it's just so hard. You got Grant and Jerry, they've been together for so long that they just, the chemistry there really is, I mean, it's something that we at uh, Balls and Beans try to, we want to have. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, besties and balls. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, you're gonna. You you said you're gonna try and make it to a game this year, right? At least one. Yeah, trying to make it to one. Uh, I, I've been watching as much as I can, whether highlights or the games, um, night of. But I definitely want to go. I love being a part of the, just the atmosphere there. It's not necessarily the biggest crowd, but those who are there are faithful, and we are just totally on board with this rebuild. I think the whole city, all the fans know it's gonna take some time, but there is still some fun basketball being played. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I, I like the fact that uh, the guys on the, on the team right now, nobody really has, as far as I could tell, like a big ego, you know, like 
Mm-hmm. It's nice to have youth because they don't they're not, they're not bringing in like too many expectations. You know, they're there to have fun and play basketball. And the fact that yeah. they get to play together with other guys around their age, I think that you know, I my hope is that they come to love the Sacramento culture and that that we can extend contracts for those players we want to keep. You know, exactly. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, so should we should we uh, wrap this episode up and and uh, yeah, let's end with a, a section that we're still figuring out, but it's our uh, maybe sports dummies of the week. <laughs> sports dummies of the week. In this section, we're just going to talk about someone in sports of any any level uh, that is just being. Being a dummy, being an idiot. Mm. Uh, I'm going to go with Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones, the owner of the Dallas Cowboys, is my sports dummy of the week mm. this whole year. Uh, he just seems a little bit, and by a little bit I mean extreme, ridiculous to me. The fact that he's fighting so hard to get Zeke Elliott you know, still playing, when we all know that he just needs to get his suspension over with. The fact that he wants to fight so hard and possibly sue the NFL to have Goodell not be the commissioner again, separate from my own beliefs on Goodell. I just think Jerry Jones is literally in a fantasy world where he runs the whole entire sports world. And I just think he's, he needs to know that he's a dummy. Mm. Yeah. I think that's, that that's a good uh, person to choose this week. Yeah. 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 Do you have anyone a sports dummy? Yeah, I think I have a. I think I have a sports dummy, or I think I have um, maybe some uh, sports dummies. Ooh. I think, uh, from what I understand, there's been a lot more like complaining in the NBA mm. this year from um, officials' calls, and it seems like a lot of NBA players are just whining, and. I don't think that bids well. I don't think the fans like to see that. I don't think, you know, it it doesn't bid well for the organizations. So, like, my dummies for the week are, are the Russell Westbrooks and, um, you know, the uh, Carmelo Anthonys of of the week for complaining over over uh, – You hear that, Thunder? You're being called out. Oklahoma City Thunder. You guys yeah. need to get your – Get your head straight. And I tell you what, I, I do appreciate that we, uh, you know, as, as a Kings fan, while I appreciated uh, Boogie's contributions to the scoreboard, I'm happy to not see him whine all the time. That is true. Though I think we do have a new whiner. Uh, I think Zach Randolph is mm. oftentimes when the camera pans to his face. And this could just be bad timing on the cameraman's part, but there's often a distraught look of, pleading to the ref and but mm. that's just zach randolph and he's a he's an old veteran so maybe he can get away with it it's not as bad as boogie cousins um but i agree i think that overall this totally sounds like fan bias because we're king's fans but our team is better <laughs> than everyone else yeah <laughs> and i i think it goes to the youth on our team and the lack of entitlement i would say True, true, true. All right, there you have it. Sports Dummies of the Week. Jerry Jones, Russell Westbrook, and Carmelo Anthony. Yeah.
Get, you, get your act in shape. Yeah, exactly. Shape it up, guys. Shape it up. All right. That's been this week's episode of Balls and Beans. Besties and Balls. Besties and Balls. Old Babs. <laughs> All right. Well, until next Yeah. All, All right. right. Later. <laughs> <laughs>